When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today is Thursday, September 23rd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 427 Featuring Heavy.com's Sean Devaney is powered by BetOnline.ag and Legends Apparel. Go to BetOnline.ag today, enter code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And of course, go to Legends.com, use the promo code BEAT20, that's BEAT20, to get 20% off your whole order. What's up, everyone? It's a new edition of Celtics Beat. Great to be here with you. Adam Kaufman and Valenti are used to the two of us bozos, but we've also got Sean Devaney, who can give us a good perspective on not just the Seas, but the entire league. You know him, good friend of this program. Sean, how are you, man? I'm doing well. I consider myself the uh, the third bozo here. Yeah, well, well perfect. You'll fit right in. Looking more like Clark Kent today there. Uh, <laughs> I've got the glasses on, which means I'm going to say the, the shirt open. <laughs> like you're halfway there with the shirt. The shirt's open. The glasses are on. By, <laughs> by the end of the show, the shirt will be <laughs> Isn't there a uh, – there, I feel like there's a certain science to, to having specs, right? Anytime you're about to say something really intellectual or really, you know, poignant, you need to kind of – you know, pull them down just a little bit, right? Like that, or, or even like take them out of the, off the face altogether and like, you know, put the, the one end in your mouth, just, you know, like what, almost like a pipe. Yeah, these, these don't actually have lenses. I'm just wearing these to, to look smart. We call that a reverse, we call that the reverse Caruso. You know what I mean? From uh, CSI Miami, David Caruso would always just like, before he said something like really cheesy, he'd be like, he would just take that pause put the glasses on, look at the camera. Like that's the reverse Caruso going on. Listen, you guys joke. There's, I mean, a, a good buddy of mine. If, if this applies to any idiots out there, and I'm saying that because I feel you're an idiot. If this does apply to you, you know, we got together one time. He's wearing glasses. I said, I, when'd you get glasses? Like maybe you just had contacts forever and I didn't even know it. And he's like, Oh, they're non-prescription. He's just, he just, <laughs> he's just wearing regular, you know, they look like, you know, like what you're wearing, glasses, reading glasses, whatever. But there was no purpose other than just for fashion, like a <laughs> moron. My girlfriend does that. Appreciate you might it. want to watch yourself. Well, good. Then she's an idiot, too. Why would you want to wear glasses? What's the purpose of that? <laughs> it's a cool pe- they go with, It's an accessory piece. You could go with stuff. Like if you want to, you know. Get a watch. Have, have both. Why can't or you have an accessory yeah, piece? 
but then again, I say this as someone who like doesn't even own a pair of sunglasses, which actually serve a purpose. I just go out and yeah, that's that's way dumber, yeah. Kaufman, that you don't own a pair of sunglasses. What are you? My saying? wife can't stand it. Well, I go on vacation. I'm squinting in every photo. She's like, I'm could you maybe way. just get a I, pair of sunglasses actually, just for this purpose? I, I, At I don't least have just them for this. I don't. I don't have them either. I'm, I'm the same way, and I get the same amount of criticism for it. See, I, I don't know. I don't want like the the raccoon tan or whatever. Well, I, I always, I either gonna, I'm gonna sit on them and break them, or I'm just gonna leave them somewhere. So it's sure. like, why not just skip the middleman and just not get them to begin with? No, the move is to not like I don't buy expensive sunglasses. Like there's a place called Five Below where everything's five dollars or less. Yeah, like that's it. where I buy my sunglasses for exactly Sean's take because I either break them, lose them. Wherever, if I invest two hundred dollars in a pair of Ray Bans or Oakleys or something like that, I'm gonna be pissed. But if I break yeah. a five dollar pair, oh well, move on to the oh, next well, one. Right. Not a big deal. Well, that's our fashion TED talk. Thanks for coming out to today's show, everybody. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll catch you again next week. This show was power. Okay, uh, let's talk a little NBA, guys, because as we know, there's stuff going on concerning the Celtics. Not a lot uh, by any means. I mean, the biggest news in the last week is we have a preseason schedule. Training camp opens within the week. You've got Theo Pinson, who was signed to just their training camp roster. He's not someone you need to commit to memory. Gary Clark is a guy who they're, you know, a, a kind of a journeyman, has been around for a few years, never been particularly good. They're working him out. Who knows if he gets a contract or not, but nothing significant has happened in the world of the Celtics. We'll touch on just some other areas as we go on with this show. The league as a whole, however, Sean, it's it's especially great that you're here because you don't only cover the Seas, you cover the entire league. The league is just, it's upside down. The drama that that comes with the NBA year-round. I mean, there 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 is no bad time on the calendar for NBA drama. I'm all in for it. I'm going to, we'll, we'll do a little roulette here, I guess. You know, you decide, you want to start Ben Simmons, you know, the, the Pelican situation with Zion and, and David Griffin. And of course this Minnesota fiasco, where would you like to begin? Yeah. You know, I mean, this is the, 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 the league is gearing up for this 75th anniversary thing and, and they've been very uh, excited about it. This is not the, uh, the week that the league wanted to have leading into the big 75th anniversary <laughs> kickoff. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think the Minnesota thing, uh, just because that's, uh, uh, that's the most shocking. I mean, that just really came out of left field. Um, you know, uh, Gerson Rosas had been there, uh, you know, just a couple of years now, um, you know, had done an okay job. I don't think anybody was really complaining. He had a lot to clean up. Uh, it looks like he made a pretty good move with the, with the Edwards pick. Uh, you know, that's, that's certainly shown some promise, uh, uh, and, you know, things seem to be moving in the right direction there. Uh, and then, um, you know, you get this, this, this shocking news that he's out, um, you know, whether it's uh, a culture thing is, is, is something that's been going around. Uh, there's, uh, of course, talk that he had sex with another employee. Um, and then, real quick and then, on that, by the way, because that was, you know, that's part of the athletic article. It's right there in the, in the tweet teasing the article. Like it, it was discovered that, all right. So, Okay, so I, I take it back. I take it back in part because I missed this part. So all that was in the initial tweet that I saw, this I guess there have been multiple tweets because this is not the tweet that I saw that I just pulled up. The initial tweet that I saw was he had a consensual intimate relationship with a member of the organization. And I'm thinking my initial instinct is, I mean, like Kevin Costner and, and Jennifer Gardner did that in draft day. They even brought a baby into the world. Like, who cares? Why is that a story? But all right, so he was he's married. That's yeah. a problem. Obviously, that that you can't do. That part I feel like has not been well publicized. 
Yeah, uh, but you know they've they've been trying, and and really, I think with that they can't really you can't fire somebody necessarily for that. I think Rosas would have a lawsuit on his hands. You know, he'd he'd have uh, uh, you know a reason to uh, come back at the organization. Uh, and so pretty soon after that, you saw some tweets and some other some other stuff coming out. Well, it was performance related, uh, which you know that that stinks to high heaven because you know we're a week before training camp. Uh, and you've decided now that his performance wasn't wasn't right, um, you know. So uh, this this is this is becoming a mess. I think the big thing you step back and the big picture is the tweet that Carl Anthony Towns sends out last yeah. night saying WTF uh, and 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 who can blame him? He's been there seven seasons. He's had four coaches in seven seasons. This will be his fifth general manager in seven seasons. Uh, you know, if 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 you're him. Uh, I'm sure you're sitting back and, and, and he hasn't been, you know, a guy who's rattling his saber about getting traded out of there. That's not been something that he's done. Uh, but now I think you have an impetus to maybe uh, uh, set that in motion. And, and, and if, if, uh, if you're the Timberwolves front office, that's going to scare you. Yeah. You can feel the vultures circling already. Right. I mean, everybody's, and this is the biggest part of the NBA is team building. Everybody wants to talk about team building, no trade for this. That's what fuels the NBA offseason. The offseason is all mm-hmm. about who's trading for who, who's going where, et cetera, et cetera. And I guess if you look at, um, you know, the three guys that we're going to be talking about here and maybe potential fits with the Celtics possibly, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is someone that our very own Cedric Maxwell has been advocating that Boston trade for. I've been – hesitant because they you know he keeps including Jalen Brown and I don't want any part of that um I'd love to add you know Cat to this to Jalen and Jason if it's possible um but does just does, does Carl Anthony Towns feel like a fit in Boston to you Sean oh yeah sure but you're gonna have to give up Jalen Brown I mean there's no way to make that to make that work without right. the, uh you're gonna have to give up something it's not going to be Tatum it's going to be Jalen and so you, yeah you've got to decide if, if if that's the move you want to make uh, and then you do have to look at the body of work. Uh, you know, I mentioned, you know, the, the, the turmoil that we've seen in Minnesota over, over the course of uh, Towns' career. But at the same time, you have to say, okay, but where has he improved? Where has he gotten better? What has his role been in that team consistently underachieving? Uh, and that's, that's where you have to really say, okay, is, is this a guy we want on our team that we want to build around, uh, given the fact that he wasn't able to get it done in Minnesota himself? I guess I'll just ask the, you know, for, for the sake of this being a, a, a Celtics theme show, it's, it's fodder. It doesn't really mean anything, but your opinion, uh, any of us can weigh in on this, obviously, but, you know, to, to Max's point, as Evan brought him up, you know, he was a strong, staunch advocate of, of bringing in Carl Anthony Towns, pairing him with Jason Tatum. You know, obviously, like you said, it would cost you Jalen Brown and more probably. I don't see that as being a one for one, but, would you, I mean, what do you think is the better fit? You know, would you rather have, you know, look at the complete package, look at the skill set, look at the age, look at the contract, look at injury history, look at everything that is on the table. Would you rather have Brown and Tatum or Tatum and Towns? Tatum and Towns. You know, I mean, when you get a guy his size who can move the way he does uh, and has the potential uh, to be the kind of inside out player uh, offensively that, uh, uh, that he should be. And, and, and like I say, I, I, I don't think that even in seven years, he's really done enough to get to the the peak of that potential. Part of that might be the organization. Part of that might be the guy. Uh, But, um, you know, there's, there's still more there for Carl Anthony. Now it's still a young guy uh, and, and, and certainly can improve. Uh, But yeah, you know, I think the the combination of size, uh, athleticism, uh, 
Uh, and, and like I say, that unfilled potential, that, that, that would be too intriguing for me to pass up. If it cost you Jalen Brown, uh, then I'd say you'd have to do it. Um, but, uh, uh, but I, I'd be surprised if it comes to that. I just don't see taking Boston out of the equation, just talking about towns and a trade in Minnesota in general. I just don't see the, the Timberwolves being anywhere close to making a move like this, short of obviously him just demanding his way out of town as people right. thought was going to happen with whether it was Beal or Lillard and is going on with Ben Simmons, that type of situation, you know, going full James Harden in Houston, because I mean, you got the new ownership group. Now you got this disaster that you're trying to clean up, clean up after a, a you know, a, a very uninspiring off season. All of a sudden you're, you're trying to rally fans back right before the start of a year, even partway into a year. And it's, we're trading the face of the franchise. You know, it, this went well when we did it with Kevin Garnett, we're going to do it with Carl Anthony Towns. Now hope you guys forgive us. Yeah, no, I, and I don't think it's going to happen unless Towns forces it. And I think that's why, you know, if you're if you're in that front office and you see that tweet last night, that's you know, I mean, as bad as everything else that they're going to have to deal with that they are dealing with today is, that's the back of my mind is I got to get on the phone with Carl Anthony and make sure uh, that he's cool and that he understands where we're going and, and why all this is happening. Because uh, as soon as he starts uh, angling to get out of there, it's going to be really good. That, that that's a road that it's really difficult to come back from. Uh, and I will say, like, he's never been a guy who needed to play in a big market. He's never been a guy who, you know, he's happy in Minnesota. Uh, he wants them to win. You know, he mm-hmm. wants to see some direction. He wants to see them building towards something, which they haven't done in the seven years that he's been there. But it's not like he needs to, you know, he's from New Jersey, but he, he doesn't need to go to, to, to New York. You know, he doesn't need to play uh, in a big market. And if you're Minnesota, you've got to appreciate that and, 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 and make sure, uh, you know, that, that, if WTF is the question, then you've got to have some answers for them. So maybe this is well publicized and I just don't know, but you know, we knew like LeBron and the banana boat crew, we knew, you know, Kyrie and, and Durant and Harden and Deandre Jordan and that type of thing. Who's towns close to in the league? Like, well, D'Angelo Russell. That's why when they made that trade, it was seen as something to make him happy. Uh, so they made the, 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 the Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell trade. Uh, in part to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy. That's that's probably the guy who's closest to in the league. Yeah, it's just okay. for me, you know, a straight, not a strange fit. The fit makes sense. The only re- reservations I have is, you know, you have Ime Odoka, who's going to be primarily a defensive head coach, you know, a team that you know, is going to want to play better defense than they played last year for sure. And we've seen it throughout Towns' tenure that, you know, defensively he's just not what he should be, considering the size, the speed, the length, um, the presence at the rim. And I thought maybe with KG being there that one year that they overlapped might help him. And it just, you know, and again, part of that, you know, is, is maybe not even on town. So we've talked about all the GMs, all the coaches, all the players in and out, like maybe this isn't the, you know, big cat's fault. You know, maybe it's, you know, the circumstance why he hasn't gotten better defensively. And I guess if Boston wanted to know, you know, what he's really like. They have a great asset in Kevin Garnett who could get on the phone and, and start talking about him. So there's, there's that too. I, the, the, the other side of that is Carl Anthony Towns has never played with anybody as good as Jason Tatum. And I think, I think the problem with cat might be like, maybe he's not a true one. Maybe he's like one of the, the highest quality number twos you can get much like an Anthony Davis, right? Davis might, I mean, he looks he has all the skills and talent of a one, but like for some reason, 
isn't the one on a championship team, but is more of a, is like the highest end two humanly possible only because LeBron is the number one in that scenario. So maybe bringing towns to Boston would help balance him out a little bit where he doesn't have to have the ball at the end of the shot clock, end of the game to make a play. That's going to be more on Tatum, but he can be like that, that, that secondary star that can really, you know, take a lot of pressure off Tatum in terms of creating the half court. So like there are certain pluses and minuses. Do you think some of them outweigh the others, Sean? Yeah. And, and like, you know, I mean, what you said about defense is, is, is spot on, um, you know, and I, I mentioned that offensively too, that he just never has really become, uh, you know, he could be a really good three point shooter. Um, and, and, and obviously, uh, you know, has the skill to be a great post player. Um, and, and is kind of in between on both of those. And it's the same on defense. You know, I mean, he should be a great rim protector. He should be a guy who, uh, you know, can, can guard the rim, uh, and, and a second half later can be out challenging a shot. Uh, you know, out at the uh, out at the three point line, uh, but we haven't seen that much from him, and I think that that's 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 the real issue. Um, is uh, is is why you know is that on the organization? Don't forget that Kevin Garnett was there, and shortly thereafter, the owner kind of chased him out of town. You know, because he had this deal. You know, the whole thing with with the ownership group. Uh, you know, why that wasn't better handled uh, uh, by 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 uh, Glenn Taylor? Who knows? But but it chased Kevin Garnett out of town. So if you had this asset that could have helped Carl Anthony Towns, now he's gone. He's not showing up uh, uh, with the Timberwolves again. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to explain exactly why he hasn't fulfilled all of his potential. But even having said that, look at his numbers, look at his play. We're talking about him as a disappointment. He's got great. I mean, he's been fantastic. I mean, he's, he's, he's got these great numbers. So you know that, that, that even, even when there's another level for him to go, he's already at a pretty high level. Let's take a quick break today. The show is brought to you in part by betonline.ag. We are back better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron. Teams back on for another football season. Of course, week three on the horizon as we talk right now. It begins tonight. As always, Bet Online, your top spot for all the pro and college football action this year with new updated site and interface available to you. Even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Do not forget promo code CLNS50 to receive that bonus. Of course, the Patriots, three-point favorites at home against the Saints, going for their second straight win this weekend. Keep in mind, once again, it's Thursday. A lot can change in terms of lines and odds, props, everything that I mentioned between now and Sunday as we chat. But, Evan... What are you keeping an eye on? I know uh, a couple weeks ago you did real well. Last week, maybe uh, a little up and down. Last week was an utter disaster. <laughs> <laughs> you can thank the Seahawks uh, for that. That was uh, that was tough to watch for me, unfortunately. It just didn't go uh, my way. But as I look through here, I've been keeping tabs on it all week. Um, I think this is the week the Atlanta Falcons get off the schneid here. They're plus three in New York. I know they're the Giants are a disaster, and I don't know Atlanta's not great either. But you're getting points on the road against a Giants team that's really bad. Uh, I like Atlanta plus three. Um, another one I like quite a bit: the Raiders minus four. Now Miami's got a great defense. Derek Carr leads the league in passing yards so far. Miami's going to start uh, our favorite uh, backup quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Um, Tua is out this week. Uh, the Raiders are 2-0. I like the minus four there. 
Um, it's not like neither of these teams can play in the heat, but the Raiders have been playing really well so far, both sides of the ball. Uh, I'll give you two more. One, Seattle minus one in Minnesota. I think Seattle comes back after a heartbreaking loss last weekend, figures it out. It's only a point, no big deal there. And I'll tell you this, folks. The Jets are terrible. And, and it's, just a, guess, it's just a revelation. <laughs> I just, if you saw last week, you had Zach Wilson throw four picks against the Patriots. Zach Wilson's now going to Denver and going to play Vic Fangio Denver defense. And I think there's another four interception game coming here. The line is huge. It's minus 10 and a half. But I just don't have any faith in the Jets at all whatsoever to score any points on the Broncos. And Teddy Bridgewater has been pretty steady, steady Teddy, two gloves for the Broncos. I like the minus 10 and a half, even though it's a ton of points. I still like that because uh, the Jets are that bad. So, again, week one, three and one. Last week, I think 0 and 4. Tough week last week. So we're, <laughs> so we're uh, you know, struggling a little bit here. We're going to lick our wounds a little bit. We're going to get back on it this week, though. Those are my best bets for this week. Sean, I see writing all these things down. So yep. uh, I am. Gonna, I'm making he's gonna notes. Fade me, though. Be, be, be mindful. Be mindful, but, you know, gamble responsibly, obviously. From football, basketball, boxing, right uh, to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season, folks. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's get back to basketball here. We can get to lines and odds and all that concerning the NBA and the Celtics, too, maybe in a little bit. But uh, for right now, we've done Minnesota. Let's continue to bounce around. Let's do Philadelphia. Ben Simmons wants out of Philly. That is uh, no surprise. I mean, it's been widely reported for weeks, months even, and it just now seems to at least publicly be coming to a head. For some reason, this is, again, publicly I, I have to imagine not privately you know this this comes to the surprise of, of Doc Rivers wait what no we can fix this we want Ben here after of course Simmons was just thrown under the bus by his head coach and you know co-star or the team's true face Joel Embiid immediately after that postseason loss it was basically this guy sucks and he is the reason that we lost this series now Ben Simmons comes with a monster contract he has torpedoed his trade value Sean I know some people out there like to daydream about you know could he fit with the Celtics apparently Evan was telling me before the show Ryan Rosillo was saying on his pod Celtics are interested like yeah I'm sure the Celtics are interested meaning if they could have Ben Simmons and just give them like Bruno Fernando sure they're interested it's not happening Ben Simmons there's there's no universe in which Ben Simmons Simmons comes to Boston, but what if you make, what do you make of this entire situation? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's obviously Philadelphia has painted itself into a corner. Um, I was talking to a GM the other day and the, and the name that he brought up that, that uh, Philadelphia is very familiar with because they were the beneficiaries of, of this situation last time it happened in 2019 was Jimmy Butler. Uh, and, and what's happening now is, you know, Philadelphia is still waiting for the Damian Lillard offer. You know, they still want, they see, they see Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons as, as, as the deal they want. Uh, the rest of the league is waiting for the Jimmy Butler offer. Remember what Philadelphia gave up to get Jimmy Butler when Jimmy Butler in 2019 didn't want to show up for camp with Minnesota. Uh, and then he, uh, he does show up and he kind of tanks everything and he's, you know, making a joke out of practice and all this stuff and, and just everything collapsed there. Uh, and Minnesota had to take what it could get. It got Robert Covington, 
Jared Bayless, and Dario Saric. That's what Minnesota got for Jimmy Butler. So Philadelphia wants the Damian Lillard offer. The rest of the league is waiting for it to get bad enough to get to uh, Robert Covington and, and, and Jared Bayless territory. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of where it's been stuck, you know, pretty much going back to the draft. They had conversations with a number of teams. I know the Warriors were one. The Warriors said no thanks. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, ultimately uh, the Sixers are, are, are still sitting here. Uh, you know, now they've got a guy who's not going to show up. Uh, and, and like I said, the rest of the league is just waiting for that, that value to absolutely bottom out so they can uh, jump in and, 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 and get Simmons uh, for as low as a, uh, uh, as low a price as possible. And ironically, it could wind up being the Timberwolves uh, who, who make the deal. So sort of the Jimmy Butler scenario uh, only in reverse. What's weird to me is how, you know, it's just, I don't know, nature of social media and the talking heads that, you know, the, the way this business, this industry operates now, but narratives just go, you know, to complete extremes. Like people talk about Ben Simmons now, like he's this terrible basketball player. Like if, you know, the, the Sixers trade him away, uh, who cares? We're going to be better. We don't need that guy. And, and, and look, I'm not sitting here saying that Ben Simmons is, is this, you know, top 15 player in the NBA or something like that, but he isn't terrible. Is he overpaid? Sure. You can make that claim. Did, are, are there holes in his game? Absolutely. You know, Kevin O'Connor has been, you know, saying that, that he's been shooting with the wrong hand all these years, but I, I certainly don't believe that Ben Simmons is just so terrible that you take him off the Sixers and that team is, is heading in the right direction, barring, you know, a, a trade where you're getting actual equal value. But I don't see how that is remotely possible right now. I'm not sure Simmons is quite getting his due as a player. As a person, you want to call him soft or something like that, you know, we can entertain that. But as a player, I feel like he's better than the credit right now. Yeah, he's an excellent defensive player, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, uh, one of the best passers in the league. Uh, and, you know, for for his position, if you assume he's, he's going to be a point guard and, and some teams see him, uh, if they were to make a deal for him as, as you know, moving to a small forward or, or at least a shooting guard kind of role. Uh, but if you assume he's a point guard, you know, great rebounder. I mean, just, just a fantastic rebounder as a point guard. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's got a lot of these skills. Um, I, I think the thing that, that, uh, that is, is, is troubling about him though, is, is the unwillingness to shoot in the, in the shaking of the confidence. Uh, that's that's the obvious thing. That's what Doc Rivers and, and and Joel Embiid were were frustrated with, and when they said what they said after Game Seven uh, in that loss to Atlanta. Uh, but at the same time, that hasn't always been the case. You know, I mean, it, it seemed to be something that that got worse and worse as this season went on. If you go back to previous seasons, he, he wasn't shooting four shots a game. Uh, you, you know, he was he was comfortable uh, taking those little mid range shots and and, mm-hmm. and attacking the basket. Uh, he did not seem to want to do that uh, as this season went on, but it's not like that's been the defining factor uh, of his whole career. You know, and Philadelphia was in a similar situation with Markel Fultz, you remember, uh, mm-hmm. and, and wasn't sure what to do. Um, you know, you, you didn't have any body of evidence there if you were Philadelphia that showed that he was going to break out of this. He, he never really put anything forward for them. Um, you know, at least with Simmons, you're, you're in a situation where, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at a guy and you're saying, he hasn't always been like this, so he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to go to wherever, Sacramento or somewhere, and he'll be fine. Uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, the Sixers have a hard time making that case to other teams as they're, uh, uh, you know, trying to find the right trade deal here. 
He's not just going to be fine, Evan. He's going to go to the Kings or Timberwolves or wherever. He's going to be taking five threes a game. He's going to be shooting forty percent <laughs> from long range. We're going to see a, a totally different Ben Simmons. It's going to that like open gym Ben Simmons that we always get the video highlights of on on social media is going to be NBA Ben Simmons, and I am here for it. Shoot a three, you coward! No, 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 no! It's going to be stop shooting. He's hitting too many. This is torturous for the defense. Yeah, Ben Simmons' high-volume three-point shooter is going to be a real revelation for the rest of the NBA. Can't as wait. A, you know, as a Celtics podcast, we got to keep in mind here, this is tremendously excellent for the Celtics, right? First off, Boston, there's no way, there's no way, just absolutely no way that they end up with the trade for Ben Simmons. Um, I think Ben Simmons' best fit is, like, if he's playing, like, point center and mm-hmm. and you have more – like, he's the only guy that's going to be – you know, down low potentially, and you just have a wide open floor. Um, you know, you might get killed at rebounding it, but like obviously the fit with another big on the floor is just not working. I've always, I've never feared the Sixers because of the floor spacing between those two guys. I just don't see how it works in a seven game series. I've been saying it forever, and now it's that's come to a head that Simmons is going to be gone. Part of me is terrified at what the return would be because that could really actually end up balancing out Philadelphia better than they are right now. Now we'll see what, you know, is it D'Angelo Russell and, and Malik Beasley and whatever the hell else from Minnesota for, for Simmons, you know, I'm not really terrified of D'Angelo Russell either. Sounds uh, like that's not how you keep cat happy. Right. So, well, I mean, and then again, the fit with cat would be very weird too. So like as a C's podcast and people that watch them and digest them and study them, um, you know, where he ends up, like the Dame Miller thing obviously terrifies everybody because Dame and Joel Embiid on the floor at the same time would be really something. Um, as I'm with Sean, I don't think it's going to happen. I think, I think Dame is probably going to ride this out a little bit, see what it is in Chauncey and, and go from there. Um, so the poo poo platter package, um, becomes interesting as like, okay, how does, how does Boston react to this? You know, if it's Buddy Healed, and, you know, Tyrese Halliburton or whatever from Sacramento, that's a little – I like that return for Philadelphia because I think Buddy Hill's a great three-point shooter, and Tyrese Halliburton's been one of the best rookies, I think, of that last class. I really I really enjoy him. I think he's great. It's too bad he didn't fall two more picks. Um, but when it comes to monitoring the situation, Boston is probably hoping – I mean, I, I would assume that he's probably going out west, but I'm, Boston's hoping that the return here – is for scraps, much like that Jimmy Butler trade. I, I, that's a really excellent point, Sean. I never thought about that. It's almost identical. The only thing that's different, I think, is the length on the contract that's left. Jimmy, I had one year left, both right. into Miami, because he hated every part about being there, which would tell you something. Um, There's $100 ben, million dollars left in his deal. And, and Ben's got, I mean, just a ton. That's the thing with me, is you got to find a team that's willing to take on all that money for a guy that in the most recent playoff appearance could not hit a, a shot in the fourth quarter and basically refused to shoot. So, for, again, from a C standpoint, we're sitting here like this could be epically disastrous for the Sixers if it's not the Dame Lillard trade. This could really, really hurt Philadelphia and, and then flip-flop these two teams in the standings. Because right now, you know, as it's currently, you know, constituted, I think – Celtics are behind them, uh, in the, given what we saw last year. Um, and I think if the right moves were made, you know, Philly would stay right there. But I think at the end of the day, you might see a transition here where Boston takes the leap because of the, 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 the poo-poo platter that Philly had to settle with. And 
I am curious, you know, where he ends up. If it's like Houston, I'm not sure what the Houston package looks like. So as a Celtics fan, if you're out there, you know, listening, watching, whatever, monitor this. This is a direct impact on Boston's future right here. And it just shows you that Danny made the right moves at the time. I mean, you think about it this way. The Sixers could easily have Embiid, Brown, and Tatum. How scary is that team? They're lucky that Philly continues to bungle all of these moves and, and, and just not make right decisions when it comes down to it. They've had poor roster management throughout this quote unquote, trust the process era show. I'm I, I would hesitate. I feel like you're, you're doing Danny a little bit of a disservice when you say it's bungling on the part of Philadelphia. You know, remember Markel Fultz was the consensus number one pick. It they was, had the photo shoot in the garden. I thought it was a wow. Yeah, so it was it was a shot, you know, for most when they traded that pick, when they were seeking Tatum from the start. And then, you know, even with like when Jalen Brown was was drafted, he wasn't this like perfect. I can't believe they got Jalen Brown. Like like there was booing at the garden. A lot of people were not thrilled about that. So, you know, a lot of, you know, it's, there's foresight, obviously, on the part of Ainge and things that have worked out. But, you know, I'd, I'd hesitate to call it you know, bungling on, on the part of the Sixers. What I wonder, Sean, and, and obviously you can react to all that from Evan as well, but on the dark Doc Rivers part of things, I know his reputation as a head coach has, you know, dwindled for lack of a better word since his time in Boston, multiple three, one series collapses and all of that. I've never been a big doc guy. Evan knows that I've been doing this show for years, but what I wonder on top of that, is his, you know, all, all the all the praise that we give him as a player's coach and as a, you know, a manager of, of egos and personalities and the way he works with superstars, has that kind of spiraled a little bit too? Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly if you go back to the Clippers, uh, his relationship with Chris Paul uh, was not great. And, you know, Paul has had, you know, some difficulty uh, working with coaches over time. Uh, but you look at what's happened since he left the Clippers, you know, he was great with, with Oklahoma city in a, in a pretty, you know, not, not a great situation, mm-hmm. right. I mean, not, not, not a, a situation that a veteran like him wanted to be in. Uh, but he was, he was fine, there, you know, and, and, and thrived and brought, raised that whole team and, and all that. Uh, and then he goes to Phoenix and we saw what happened last year in his relationship uh, with Monty Williams, which a lot mm-hmm. of people thought was strained from the time uh, in, in New Orleans, but that turned out not to be true. So Chris Paul, uh, you know, has shown that, hey, I can get along with coaches just fine. So make makes you think, well, maybe the problem was Doc. You know, maybe that maybe it was something that's that's that that's more on Doc. The thing that I've that I've heard about Doc is that he wants every team to be the 2008 Celtics. You know, he he had such a great rapport with those guys. Uh, you know, and 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 you know, he he obviously had a lot of challenges with Rondo and things like that with with that team. Uh, that that all turned out well. And, and so I think every team that he goes to, he tries to use that formula. Uh, and of course, every group of guys, you know, you can't do with, with Kevin, with, with Blake Griffin, what you did with Kevin Garnett. Right. So, um, you know, that's, I, I think that's part of the problem for him is that, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's looked at every team like, uh, you know, uh, like it should be the 2008 Celtics uh, and, 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 and tries to impose that on every other team. And, and of course you just can't do that. And I think that's one of the things that happened with Simmons, you know, that, that some of the tactics he used to motivate uh, and poke Rondo along, um, you know, he's used with, with Simmons and, and, and just a completely different personality. And, and, and you can't do that. 
I think guys are just, and, and this is an overarching statement. It's not even about Simmons, you know, specifically, but like even listening, I don't know if you guys were paying attention to it. It's not basketball, but listening to like the way Bruce Cassidy, head coach of the Bruins, was talking about Jake DeBrusque yesterday and, you know, the sort of their clashes and, 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 relationship in general last year and and had to really kind of air their grievances in the offseason and obviously COVID and isolation things like that played a role but you know he's a 24 year old kid need to you know Bruce even said like players today just again generalization need to be massaged a little bit more than they did in his era when he was playing and I think that's you know even that's that's very true today as compared to 15 years ago in the NBA like you just you can't Again, personalities are different guy to guy and team to team, but you can't treat a Ben Simmons the same way that you treat a Rajon Rondo. They're, they're just totally different types of people, you know, and, and unfortunately, or for better or worse, I guess, like some players need a little bit of, of coddling, for lack of a better word, and, and just support that. I don't know, guys of a certain generation, whether they needed it or not, they didn't get it. It's just not the way it was done. And now things are done differently. And and I think, I think the thing to remember too, though, is that it wasn't just Doc who who was a little uh, salty with, uh, uh, with, with, with Simmons uh, after that game. It was, it was Joel Embiid too. And I think the reason is that Embiid has seen firsthand uh, before Doc that the organization has coddled Ben Simmons all along. And I think part of what, what, what Embiid was doing and, and probably what Doc was doing at the time too was saying, it, it's enough. You know, we can't keep calling. We can't keep doing this. You know, I mean, it's, it's, this isn't getting us anywhere. It's, if anything, it's getting worse. And, and so I think the fact that, you know, Doc has taken a lot of criticism for, for, for saying what he said about him, you know, I don't know if he's a championship point guard. Uh, but, but Embiid said much the same thing uh, in, different, in a different way. Uh, but Embiid has had a front row seat to the whole thing. Uh, and so, you know, his, in Doc's defense, I think the fact that Embiid sort of said, uh, you know, something along the same lines uh, is, is, is some evidence that, uh, uh, that certainly Embiid is frustrated by it, too. Today's show powered by the Legends brand as well, an athlete-owned apparel brand that is popping up seemingly everywhere these days, including many pro locker rooms and some of the uh, today's top athletes wearing it as well. Legends is owned in part by athletes like Steve Nash, of course, the Nets head coach, Matt Barnes, Baker Mayfield, NFL legend and local hero Willie McGinnis, also even former Celtic Marcus Morris Sr., among many others. Legends makes high-performance apparel with a style and comfort you'll want to wear all day long if you don't believe me i got the t-shirt if you're watching versus just listening i'm wearing it right now maybe you saw me rocking the hoodie last week evan has worn the hoodie three straight shows i'm not sure he's taken it off in between shows he wears it every single day he tells me about it he's out there walking the dog i I mean i i i I would worry if not for the fact that we're on a zoom call that it smells a little because (laughs) he wears it so often but he says he takes care of it he runs that thing through the wash constantly well, not constantly, but I have watched it. So there's that. But it's the it's the perfect like, especially now in the morning, um, depending when you get up. But like at six o'clock in the morning, sun's still coming up, dew's on the grass right here in New England. Uh, it's a little chilly out there, so the the go to morning outfit right now to walk my my dog is the shorts from Legends, and then this hoodie as well. It's comfortable as heck. If I feel like running her around a little bit to to tire her out a little bit and and, and to you know, cut down on how many things she wants to chew on when we get back to the house. 
against perfect athletic gear. They talk about how it's performance wear. Totally is. It moves, stretches with you, uh, mm-hmm. and it really is form-fitting to your body. So it looks good, performs well, soft as hell. It's the perfect piece that you need for this in-between season as we get into colder weather. You're only going to wear it more. So as you look to expand your fall, winter wardrobe, I would highly consider wearing a Legends hoodie. They're super, super, super comfortable. Evan just said it, and I'll add to it, Sean. I don't know if you're in the market for a nice new sweatshirt, but the uh, well, I've got so many sweatshirts in this house that are you know like really big and baggy. That seems like you could fit three people in them. This is it's 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 sleek. It's form fitting, like Evan said. It's it it just you know it's like yeah. I mean, Evan's standing up. We can get a look at it. There's not not a lot of excess material on there, but you don't need it. It just looks good. It feels good. It feels tight to you in uh, in the best possible way. I'd encourage it. So, like, I mean, you got to go shopping, man. If, if I'm going to say, yeah, I, I'm in the I'm in the market for a new one of those. Well, you see, write down this promo code along with all of your bet o- online bets. Uh, visit Legends.com today. See why athletes everywhere are swapping out their big box brands for Legends Apparel. All right, the code is Beat Twenty. That's B E A T two zero. Uh, save 20% on your first order. Again, that is legends.com promo code beat 20. The offer ends October 10th, folks. So you have a couple weeks, two and a half weeks Hurry or so. Up. Uh, so, uh, you know, get in, take advantage. I'm telling you, I, I wear this t-shirt all the time. My wife was giving me a hard time about it the other day. She's like, do, <laughs> do you feel like wearing maybe a different t-shirt? You know, no. that one may get up and walk away. I said, no, well, I no, I, I love it. It's really comfortable. So I've, I've made this, this, you know, remark before, Sean. It's like, it's like slipping on a cloud. That's, that's how comfortable it is. The deal is though, like it is, like I wear this so often, I've become conscious of wearing it as much as I do. And I've had to, like, in certain situations, like wear a different hoodie just because I'm like, I'm wearing that too much. Like I just can't, I can't just, what I need to do is buy different colors. I need a couple Legends hoodies. So if Legends, you want to hook a guy up, like it doesn't have to be, you know, we can work something out. We'll figure something out. All right. So uh, I'm in the market for maybe more of these. So uh, legends, if you're listening, I would like some more stuff. If you have, I, I echo all of that. This is, this is the greatest uh, podcast promo in, in, in promo history. I think. We deliver. You deliver. <laughs> and hopefully they will too. All right. Let's keep going around the NBA. Obviously, Sean, we've, we've touched on Minnesota. We've talked about Philadelphia. Now let's go to New Orleans where Zion Williamson is fat. That's not me fat shaming. I would never do that. I'm saying that because that is the complaint of the organization. It is in articles. Evan was sending me excerpts the other day, just trying to wrap his mind around what is going on there with management and David Griffin. You know, first it's Zion, who of course, you know, has a, 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 uh, a, a body that is, and this is not even talking about shape or stature. It's, you know, he's, he has at times been viewed as out of shape. There are injury concerns. It goes back to college, obviously. And then he goes into his first rookie training camp. They called him fat. And then there's the long layoff because of the pandemic comes back into the bubble. They said he's fatter. Okay. The, like the organization has not been supporting uh, Zion Williamson in, or, or maybe he has not been complying or somewhere in the middle, obviously, uh, to the point where, and, and this, like Evan could speak to this better than me, but he sent me th- this article. David Griffin is showing up to Zion's room. He's playing songs on a piano for him about how to buy in and how to be better. It's, I mean, this is a disaster. Like this is how, how long until Zion's contract is up before he goes to the Knicks or somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, you know, usually the way it works is uh, as an organization, you get those first uh, four years and then the guy always signs the extension, no matter what, you know, whatever the, the, uh, the complaints are or whatever you hear, you always sign the extension because you're going from, uh, you know, eight, nine million a year up to 27, 28 million a year. Nobody's going to turn that down. Um, so I, I would be shocked if, if New Orleans wasn't able to get uh, Zion to sign an extension. However, uh, things have gone so badly in these first two years that he might be one of the first guys uh, who gets traded that way. I mean, you can think way back, you know, Kevin Love, when he first signed his extension, you know, his first three, four years in Minnesota, everybody was saying, oh, he's getting, he wants out, he wants out. And they put that big contract in front of you. It's impossible not to sign it. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, this is something that, that seems to be a little different. I mean, Zion's got a lot of Nike money. Um, and uh, what I understand, it's more if he winds up in a bigger market. So that's something mm. to keep an eye on. Um, so, you know, he might have more incentive than, than just about anybody uh, to force his way out uh, beforehand. Uh, you know, and this is a New, a New Orleans franchise that, of course, is still reeling uh, from the Anthony Davis stuff. Uh, and, you know, David Griffin was brought in in part to clean up that mess and, and, and to make sure that happen again. Uh, and the guy, uh, you know, that, that, that he drafts with that first pick two years later now looks to be on that same path. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's very rare for a guy to, uh, who's still on a rookie deal, uh, to be in any kind of position to force uh, uh, a trade. Uh, however, uh, this looks to be a situation where, you know, I, it's hard to see how it resolves itself. You know, it, it really is. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you're New Orleans, there's no way you want to trade Zion Williamson, but if it's, if it's heading that way, uh, you know, you might want to get out in front of it. And, and, and if you're going to be rebuilding, uh, then, um, you know, strike while the iron is hot. Don't wait too long. Don't wait till, um, you, you know, you're in this kind of situation that Philadelphia's in, uh, with Ben Simmons. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if to give this a Boston angle, uh, I would do everything, anything beside outside of Tatum. You can have anything. I don't care what it is. I don't care who it is, how many picks, uh, whatever it takes. It feels as Adam and I have talked about via text, feels like the Knicks sits where it's going. Cause it just feels like, you know, as you said, bigger market, Nike chips in more money. Um, you know, and that feels like a, a destination. So if you're Boston uh, to get out in front of this, try and, 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 cause again, you could probably sell Zion on Boston if things worked out well. It's not like Tatum is. Tatum's doing pretty well for himself endorsement wise, um, considering his age and considering the quote unquote market. Um, he is in, he's all over the place. I love it. I love seeing Tatum in commercials. Um, the, the 2K commercial where he's kicking somebody's ass on 2K with just Jason Tatum, I think is actually just brilliant. I thought he did really well there. Uh, all the Jordan stuff, the Bose, uh, air, you know, as it Bose or Beats or whatever the hell he does for Subway. What? Subway. Subway yeah. Draymond. I mean, it's obviously not hurt him at all. Um, just, you know, and, and I think if you're Boston, you know, I would call Griffin up because it looks, if I were Griff, like you're not trading to the Western conference, obviously, if you can, it can avoid it. Um, and this is all very, very premature. Um, but just to keep it related, I would, I would drive J- and I love Jalen and I, I wouldn't trade Jalen for cat only because, um, I'm a little worried about cat. not being able to get anybody to the, the playoffs, even though he's in the Western conference. Yeah. But, but I, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Evan. I would drive Jalen to the airport myself yeah. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Jalen. Jalen is one of my favorite people in the NBA. Period. Um, I'm, we might get to his his article later in the show, 
uh, with Mark Spears. He just continues to be not just an NBA player, but just a really good person and a really great voice using his platform for really powerful things. And especially in Boston where a voice like that is definitely needed. um, I I just, I think so highly of him. And even though I think the world of Jalen Brown, I would still drive him to the airport to get Zion Williams. It's the way it is. But but to be clear, I mean, and and you're absolutely right that that, that's the reason that they're not going to trade Zion Williamson this year, certainly. Uh, you know, last year was a disaster for New Orleans, no question. Uh, you know, Stan Van Gundy, I had no idea what that hire was all about right from the beginning. That seemed to be a terrible idea. Uh, but Willie Green, I think, has a chance to be a pretty good coach and and definitely is a a guy who, as a former player, has has a certain rapport that uh, uh, that Stan was never going to have um, and has a reputation as a, as a player development guy as well. So, uh, you know, if you can – kind of scotch last year altogether uh, and, and, and put that behind you and, and hope that you can kind of start over with Willie Green here, uh, then, that, then maybe that calms things down. That has to be the organization's hope at this point. So, um, you know, at least, at least for this season, uh, we're not going to see any kind of uh, uh, Zion Williamson, you know, not, not any real trade talks on Zion Williamson. Well, in the interest of time, because uh, we have just a little while longer, we've really gone around the NBA with Boston you know, themes as, uh, as you know, you've heard in listening over the course of this show, Evan, you brought up that article that, that Jalen Brown did obviously with Mark Spears and the undefeated. What were your big takeaways from that? It's a tremendous article. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, Jalen obviously is a guy that, that thinks beyond the game of basketball and the the livelihood of, of people in America. And, you know, some of the things that he talks about, about racial inequality, um, about systemic racism in this country, um, it's just really, really right on, uh, especially for a guy that age. I mean, you gotta remember Jalen's only like 25, um, to have some of the thoughts that he has and to be able to expand on them uh, the way he does is just really impressive. Um, the, the talks that he gives throughout colleges, he's at the you know, MIT, Harvard, Cal Berkeley, obviously, but then he goes to HBCUs and does stuff there. Um, he's a great humanitarian. He's a, he's a student of the world, so to speak. He travels all over the place. Um, and learns and immerses himself in other cultures and really learns and brings that back with him and tries to teach the people. I think that's great. Um, that's just the off the court stuff that gets me really excited. The on the court stuff they talked about, of course, with Mark, because you have to talk about that at some capacity should also get you excited. He talks about how he wants to be a better playmaker. And we saw that jump last year um, more than I ever thought you would see out of Jalen Brown. Like I, I was legitimately stunned at some of the reads and passes that he's starting to make and develop that side of his game, and there seems to be a want to, right? The difference between him and Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons is, you know, an outrageously gifted player, but the things that he's needed to work on, he's never really addressed. Meanwhile, Jalen Brown has become a knockdown three-point shooter um, and is now starting to become a little bit of a facilitator, and he doesn't really need to need to be one, but it would help Boston if he became one. So his want to become a better facilitator, to help out his team. And at the end of the article, he says, all I want to do is win. Whatever I have to do for this team for us to win is, is what I'm going to do. That's got to make you thrilled as a, as a Celtics fan. He's just – the again, we talked about how Danny really nailed it here with the Jalen pick. And if you look at the guys after him, Dragon Bender, uh, Josh Jackson. No, that's that's the – that's the uh, – uh, yeah, Dragon Bender, like John, 
Chris Dunn, yeah. Marquise Chris was involved there. I mean, Jamal Murray panned out. That was a good one. I think Buddy Heald went to the Kings at like eight. So there's another one that was good, but there were some really bad ones in there too. Um, Jalen has just been tremendous. I, I, I can't, can't think highly of a guy, but if he's going to work on some of the stuff he's going to work on, and based on his past performance, you know he's working on it. Um, this has got to be exciting. He also talked about how he wasn't fully healthy at all at any point last season. Mm-hmm. Talked about, I only had 59 dunks. You know, that's not me. Like, you just know that's not my game. I was hurt all year. I, I feel better than it last year. The, the, the off season, having an off season has really helped me to really heal my body and get it right. Like all these things should make you very excited as a C's fan. And, if, and Sean, if, if he's going to be a better facilitator, along with Marcus and, and Jason Tatum this t- and, and Al Horford and Rob Williams, if all those guys are moving the ball like Ime wants them to move the ball, this could be a very, very, very fun team as we hit their stride midseason, in my opinion. Yeah, and they've, they've got to be able to do that. I mean, they don't have a ton of offensive firepower. That's, that's, that's the big hole in this team. Um, you know, I think they're, they're a much better defensive team. I think they have a lot of good individual defenders and, and should be able to play really great team defense. Uh, but they're going to have to move the ball a lot uh, to create the kind of offense that they're going to need uh, outside of outside of Tatum and Brown. And a lot of those passes have to at least start with Tatum and Brown. And, and I think that's one thing that that happened with Jalen last year. We mentioned his his improvement as a passer is, um, you know, a lot of times a guy like that uh, in, in the first couple of years in the league will be afraid to, to, to make that first pass, but they don't think they're going to get the ball back. Uh, and I think that that with Jalen, uh, you know, he really had an understanding of uh, uh, of I can make this pass, knowing that I'm going to get this back, and I'm going to I'm going to be in a better position to score when I do. So, uh, but that's 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 got to be the attitude of the whole team, though, because um, you know there isn't you know you obviously two years ago you have Kemba and Gordon Hayward, now you don't have either one of those guys. Uh, you know, Schroeder is 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 a step down from uh, uh, obviously from a healthy uh, Kemba Walker. Um, and you go right down the list. I mean, the offensively, this isn't a great team, uh, but it, it can be a, a you know a, a, an above average offensive team if they move the ball. I just think you know from from the last thing that you said, Evan, and obviously everything that Sean said. I, I think this, and and this is not me saying it's it's disingenuous. I just think that Jalen Brown is cognizant of the company line right now. You know the what we're hearing from him and what we've heard from Jason Tatum. It's all come since we first heard it from Ime Odoka, which is, listen, we need our pillars, the Jays, our all-stars, our borderline all-NBA guys, two borderline top 25 guys in the league. Tatum's already there. He's borderline top 15, but Brown is borderline top 25. We need these guys to trust each other, to trust everyone else, to play as a team, to be facilitators, to be playmakers. We need that from these guys. And so I just don't think it's any coincidence that they are now parroting that same message as they talk about getting ready for a new year it's it's part of what has me sean just so really fascinated for lack of a better word at you know what kind of coaching in general we're going to see from Ime Odoka because over the last eight years you know we knew over the course of time what to expect from brad stevens we even knew to some degree what to expect from just going back to his time in college at butler and the success that he had there going to multiple championship games Udoka has a, a great reputation. He is certainly, you know, revered by everyone who says anything about him. But seeing it in action, no one's had that pleasure yet. We haven't had that. And so I'm really anxious to see what this looks like. 
Yeah, I am too. You know, especially on the defensive end, because I think their defense can be good enough uh, for the offense to catch up. You know, so they can they can win games early on in the year if their defense is good enough. Uh, and that's that's going to be key because, you know, when you look at the Eastern Conference, when we get to, uh, uh, you know, late, late March, early April, you're going to have four teams at least that are all bunched up, maybe even five. You know, after you have Nets, you're going to have the Bucks, and then you're going to have four or five teams. And so, you know, winning those two or three games that maybe you shouldn't have won uh, uh, early in the year, that's going to make a difference. You know, if you've got 48 wins, uh, you know, that's that's probably going to get you a three seed. If you've got 45 wins, that might get you a six seed or a seven seed. Uh, that's the way the East is going to be this year. Uh, so you've got to be able to win those games, those 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 games that maybe you shouldn't uh, early on in the year. If their defense is good enough, and I think it can be, and I think that 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 Ime, uh, as a as a coach will will have them doing that. Uh, if their defense can be good enough for their offense to, to wait for their offense to figure it out and click together, uh, then, then then I think they can uh, you know do well enough early on in the year that by the end of the year they're going to be in position to get you know home court advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's in the beauty of having two two guys that you know in the top twenty five. You know, you got to have those high-end stars. Right. And and if you don't have that, you're going to be, again, in seven-game series when everybody's good and the defense is keying on certain things, you got to have guys that can make shots. And we know that Tatum can make shots. You know Brown can make big-time shots. Um, and just, you know, the the beauty is that the the respect now uh, you're seeing from from everybody else, you know, with that, that top 100 ranking that came out uh, from Sports Illustrated, Tatum being in the top 15, I mean, that's big time. That is big time, and you need a you need a top ten, fifteen guy in order to make you know any noise in in the playoffs. Whether it's you know you know Eastern Conference Finals, Finals. If you don't have one of those guys, you're totally screwed. Very good, fellas. Well, next time we talk, training camp's going to be underway, and preseason games right around the corner. And heck, regular season basketball it is it is weeks away, folks. It is coming. I'm excited about it. Sean Devaney is going to join us throughout the years. He always does because he's uh, kind and generous with his time and uh, maybe being paid in the form of cashing out bets on bet online. It's hard to say. I mean, he's just going to reinvest that money in legends, but either way, the guy is, you know, he's, he, he knows, he knows where his bread's buttered. Sean, we appreciate you coming on, hanging out with us as always. Thank you guys. Evan, here's to a better weekend for you. Uh, let's hope. <laughs> All right. Can't so get worse, right? <laughs> yeah, can't, yeah, exactly. Quite literally couldn't get worse than last week. So fair enough. Rate, review, subscribe, all those things that you always hear about that we don't push nearly enough. But please do it because we like when you listen. Find us on YouTube, iTunes, everywhere, and uh, part of the CLNS family. Remember, this show is uh, powered by BetOnline.ag, Legends Apparel as well. And uh, we've given you those promo codes. But again, CLNS50 for BetOnline for Legends Apparel. It's BEAT, B-A-A-T, 2-0, BEAT20. Again, for Sean, for Evan, I'm Adam. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Self basketball, it's coming.